Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Hey, family. Hope you're well this morning. Royston, shout out to Royston and all who will ever listen to this message for all of time. It's on the internet, so it lasts forever. Anyways, uh, let me start off by blessing you all. Uh, I bless you now. In the name of Jesus, that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing. If you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit today. I bless you to receive whatever guidance from God you need. Whatever help from God you need. And I bless you to have the courage and capacity to flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing in your life right now. And I bless you to feel hope and joy and love and peace and freedom, whatever's going on. I bless you with that in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. All right, welcome back. We are very near the end of our study of Abraham. One more week left after this week. Boo. Wait, what was that? Boo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very sad. <clears throat> but we're getting very close to the end of Abraham's um, journey, journey in Scripture that, that we see. Um, we have looked over the, over the last extended season of time, uh, faith moments, faith test moments in Abraham's life where he misses it, sometimes when he hits it and he does a good job. Last week's was the, the epic high point faith test moment where God had asked him to sacrifice his son Isaac and he obeys. Now, the, if you weren't here last week, he doesn't actually kill his son Isaac. That, that didn't happen, but it was a faith test, and God never intended him to sacrifice his son. And so, uh, but Abraham proved to God by his actions that God was his number one, that God was th- the most important uh, thing in his life, and he passed that faith test. And then from that point onwards, after that faith test, Abraham is not just blessed, he is blessed in every way. Previous to this moment, he had been blessed in many ways. Now he is blessed after that faith test moment in every way. Now, I'm not just saying this. This is what um, our chapter starts with. Chapter 24, Genesis, verse 1. It says, now Abraham Abraham was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. In every way. So as we look at this chapter today, put it in that box. This is, what, uh, this is what, how someone thinks or, be- or responds when, when they've been blessed in every way. Now I have a photograph here, uh, an original photograph of Abraham. It's hard to find, uh, but, but I found it on ChatGPT. And, and, <clears throat> and I just want you to see this because I haven't put this up there. Like, I keep trying to describe to you um, Abraham's tent armada Family, sort of during 318 trained warriors, all the families, all the servants, all the shepherds, all the, uh, the, 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 the heaps of sheeps. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm imagining all those little dots in the background are sheeps. I don't know what's going on there. But, but he, is, he is blessed, in, 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 uh, and he has been blessed with, with prosperity, but now he is blessed in every way. 
Now, the Bible is pretty clear what the God-blessed life looks like. In fact, you look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, and there are 68 verses that are describing this is what blessing looks like, and this is what discipline looks like. Or blessings or curses or favor and, 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 and discipline. And, and so I've, I just kind of summed it up uh, very briefly. But the, the God-favored blessed life, you got mental clarity and strength. It's, this is what it says in, in 28. Uh, mental health issues, confusion, madness, those are words specifically from that chapter. Great health, chronic health and incurable sicknesses. Marriage and children are blessed. Infertility as well as marriage and family issues. Prosperity, abundance, no debt. Continuing financial frustration and debt. When attacked by people, they come to ruin and their lives end up wrecked. When attacked by people, they effectively ruin you and your life is wrecked. Everything goes surprisingly well. Frustration and discouragement in everything you do. Everything you work at succeeds. No matter how hard you work, you can never get ahead due to setback after setback. Nature itself is aiding your success. I talked a lot about the weather and, and all that sort of stuff. Nature itself is against your plans and efforts. People are drawn to follow you. People are repelled by you and want nothing to do with you. Long life, life cut short. I mean, that, that, that just it's, it's one thing, maybe you look at that list and you're like, oh, I, I can see some of those in my life, but, but some of those I don't see in my life. Abraham had some of these, and even, and even in his life, you see some of the negative ones in his life at many points. Now Abraham is blessed in every way. It's not just like I'm blessed or I'm not blessed. It's, there's, there's different aspects. And so this is not what we're talking about today, but if you look at that list and you're like, wow, there's several things on the God discipline side. Uh, I'm just, the word was cursed in, in Deuteronomy. All I say is like, maybe just have some God conversation. God, why? Why does my life look more like this side than that side? Maybe, maybe there's a reason. And God will be like, well, he, there's something that I need you to repent of or change. Or, or there's something in your family history that we need to deal with and, and move forward. There, like, there, there might be a reason. So I, I just maybe start that exploration path. But for today, what we're talking about is how Abraham is now blessed in every way, not just in many ways. And, and he, we are seeing now the result of this God-blessed life. And for example, the story today. That's where we're going. Uh, as we look at the story, Genesis chapter 24, we saw that he's blessed in every way, and he is extremely confident now that things are going to work out well for him. And so this is what we read in, in Genesis 24, starting in verse 2. One day, Abraham said to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, take an oath by putting your hand under my thigh, cultural thing, we don't do it this way, thank God, <laughs> swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, 500 miles away, right? To my relatives and find a wife there for my son Isaac. The servant asked, but what if I can't find a, a young woman who is willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land you came from? No, Abraham responded. Be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. He will send his angel ahead of you and will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. If she is unwilling to come back, she will have free will with you. Then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. 
So the servant took an oath by putting his hand under the thigh of his master, Abraham. He swore to follow Abraham's instructions. Okay, so Abraham is, has to sort this out. His wife, Sarah, has now died. We're, we're at that point in the story. Sarah passed away. And it's now up to Abraham. And when Abraham looks around, he doesn't want his son to marry any of the Canaanite girls. None of them, none at all. And so what does Abraham do? He moves his pin. He moves Isaac's pin to Haran to 500 miles away. Wow. Yes, Lord? <laughs> yes? That was funny? I love that. Thank you. I, thank you for proving. Anyways, so he commands, he commands his servant to go and find a wife for his relatives, and he's sending them to, he's sending his servant in his place. And I think that this is, I sat there and I just thought about what was happening in this moment, and it's just blowing my mind. Abraham is giving his servant all the authority, all of the, all of the decision making. Like, the servant is going to make the decision. Abraham is not going to veto it. He can't, it'll be too late. Isaac can't veto it. That's another story. The servant, though, is going to go with all of, the, all of the authority and name of Abraham to get a wife for, for Isaac. And Abraham is expecting that it's going to go well. He's expecting that, that the servant is going to be successful, that God will help his servant, and because that's, he's experiencing the God-blessed life. Anyways, what happens as this story continues? So we read on, verse 10. Then he loaded 10 of Abraham's camels with all kinds of expensive gifts from his master, and he traveled to distant Aram Naharaim. There he went to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. He made the camels kneel beside a well just outside the town. It was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. It's prayer time. O oh Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed. Please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master, Abraham. See, I'm standing here beside this spring, and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, and I will water your camels too, let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Before he had finished praying, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother, Nahor, and his wife, Milcah. Rebecca was very beautiful and old enough to be married, but she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to her, the servant said, please give me a little drink of water from your jug. Yes, my lord, she answered. Have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well to draw water for all his camels. Okay, pause here. This is the longest story in Genesis. It's, it's the longest, was there not the longest story, it's the longest chapter. Longest chapter in Genesis. And, and there's so, so much here. We're not going to have time to comment on everything. We're not going to have time to be able to even read the whole chapter. But I want to, um, you know, make sure that you, you get a sense of what's going on here. That, 
That's another sneaky picture we made, I mean took, uh, uh, of it. Well, do I like this one? I don't know. The, the camels are supposed to be kneeling. I mean, so it's, it's, it's just, it's incorrect. Anyways, uh, but there, there you go, uh, just, just for fun. I want to make a couple comments about the servant here, though, at this moment. Firstly, I love how the servant prays boldly and specifically for God's help. Boldly and specifically. And, and I just, do you pray boldly and specifically? Or is it like, God, help me. Do something. Like, do you pray boldly and specifically? He doesn't just ask for success. He asks for success today. And, and he doesn't just ask for success today. He asks God to specifically identify the person, the woman that is to be coming with him back to Mary Isaac through a certain set of specific events. That I'm going to ask this and she's going to do that. That this is how we're going to know through, through, through God guiding this process and intervening. So he prays a bold prayer. He pray, prays a clear prayer. And he's expecting that God's going to help him and make his journey quick and successful because he is, he is someone who's seen what Abraham's life has been like. This is the oldest servant that Abraham's had. And so he has seen all his life what, what, what it's like to have God's blessing. And, and when you have God's blessing behind you, there is an expectation that things are going to be easier than they would be for normal people, unblessed people. That God's going to help, that he's going to intervene, that, that things are going to go quicker, that, that decisions are going to be more clear because God, of God's guidance when there's just such blessing and favor over, that, over him in the situation. He's seen that with Abraham. He's now going in the authority of Abraham and expecting the same thing. And, and Abraham himself expects God to help his servant. God's going to send an angel ahead of you, and he's going to help you. Okay. In faith, the servant has that expectation, and so he's, he's asking for a very specific stuff here. So we heard the servant's prayer, and, and that made it easy. And so then what happens? What happens as we keep reading? After she waters the camels, verse 23, Whose daughter are you? He asked. And please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? I am the daughter of Bethuel, she replied. My grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. And yes, we have plenty of straw and feed for the camels, and we have room for guests. The man bowed low and worshipped the Lord. Praise the Lord, the God of my master, Abraham, he said. The Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. Okay, I loved how the servant prays. I also love how quick he is to praise God. He's not waiting for, for all these events to unfold before he starts praising God. I mean, he still hasn't met the family. He hasn't gotten permission about anything. He, he still hasn't, uh, you know, the, the girl, Rebecca here, hasn't agreed to anything, but he is seeing God's hidden hand at work in, in direct answer to his prayer. He's not waiting for the outcome. He's down on his, his knees praising God and thanking God for being at work at least thus far. Is that, does that reflect our lives? Or do we, wait, do we wait to praise God until it's all the way done, just in case the God who has started this answer of prayer doesn't, doesn't bring it through? And that would be embarrassing, so we should probably not praise him for a while. I, I don't know, whatever we think. 
But I, I hope that, that we look at these stories and be like, man, I want to be someone like this servant who is praising God through the whole process, through the whole journey. He's not just waiting until uh, we're done and until everything comes together. Now, just for the sake of time, I can't read all the verses here, and so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sum it up. Basically, what happens at this point is the servant meets Abraham's family, and then the servant tells them about Abraham and, Ab- and his mission about coming to find a wife for Isaac, and then the servant is going to testify to them how God led him straight to Rebekah in direct answer to his specific prayers. By the way, the more specific your prayers, the more powerful your testimony can be. The the more specific your prayers, the more powerful your testimony can be to others, the more they they will be likely to believe, oh, maybe God is at work. I prayed that God would help me, and then all these things happened, or I prayed that this would happen, and it happened just like that. It's it's powerful for, for your testimony, but it's also powerful for you. Because sometimes God wants to rob you of praise, sorry, enemy. Sometimes the enemy wants to rob you from praising God with this thing called doubt. Maybe it just happened. And God didn't do anything. So maybe you shouldn't praise him, right? But the more specific your prayer request, the more it can boost your faith that God really was at work in your life and in your circumstances. Anyway, so the servant testifies. And then the family sees that God's hidden hand of providence is clearly at work in this moment because of his testimony. God's hidden hand of providence is at work and and that God has identified Rebekah to be Isaac's wife. And and the family then proposed a 10-day waiting period, maybe a 10-day cooling off period. I don't know what what to call it, but but at least, actually, it says, at least a 10-day waiting period before the servant takes Rebecca away forever. And you know, that may sound reasonable. It's only 10 days. And especially when they're going to be gone forever. And yet, the, the servant resists this. Even this little delay. And I love that about the servant. That he, he refuses to delay his obedience. Even a little bit. Even a reasonable amount. God has granted him quick success. And God has granted him quick revelation that this is the person. And so then he wants to respond with quick obedience. I, I know many people, they think, you know, why rush anything? Why, why be hasty? Why, why, not just, why not just go slow? Slow is safe. Slow keeps everybody happy. Slow doesn't rock the boat. Slow is best. Not always. Not always. Not always, friends. When God blesses this servant with quick guidance, the servant wants to honor God back with quick obedience. And I think he picks this up from Abraham. In the last story, Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son, and it said the very next morning, Abraham is on his way. Faith isn't just about eventually doing it. Quick obey just says so much. And so there's a conflict here between uh, Rebecca's family and that they want things to go slower and then the servant who wants things to go quicker. And how do they, how do they settle that? Well, this is what we read in vis- verse 54. But early the next morning, Abraham's servant said, send me back to my master. Again, early the next morning, very 
very much the same sort of wording as what Abraham had done two chapters before. Early the next morning, Abraham's servant said, send me back to my master. But when we want Rebecca to stay with us at least 10 days, her brother and mother said. Then she can go. But he said, don't delay me. Let me see if I can fix this. In my pocket? No? Crackle, crackle. Okay, done. But we, we want Rebecca to stay with us at least 10 days. Brother said, then she can go. But he said, don't delay me. The Lord has made my mission successful. Now send me back so I can return to my master. Well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks. So they called Rebecca. Are you willing to go with this man? They asked her. And she replied, yes, I will go. Now, I like the servant, and I like the servant's faith, but I like Rebecca even more. Rebecca is like the next generation female Abraham woman of faith. But actually, her faith seems stronger than Abraham's does at the beginning. You compare them. So Abraham, living in the exact same town as, as Rebecca is in right now, God calls Abraham to leave his family and go to the promised land, and he does eventually, kind of. He brings Lot. He doesn't leave his family. All, he brings a hundred some ser- servants. I mean, but eventually he leaves and, and he kind of does obey, whereas Rebecca is willing to leave that very same day, not even with a 10-day delay, zero relatives, one servant only. I mean, wow, right? And, and then you got Abraham. He was called to go by God himself through direct revelation. Rebecca is called by God through God's hidden hand of providence in answer of prayers of a servant, a prayer that she didn't even pray. Someone's testimony is how she fe- feels called. She, she, she's called by a testimony of a servant she never met, uh, the servant of a relative she never met, to, to leave everything and marry a man she'd never met faith scale, right? You're like, wow, Rebecca. Wow. Less clear revelation, more complete obedience. I'm liking this girl. Uh, If we're tracking more about Rebecca's story, uh, we we see that she handles her and her husband Isaac's... Oh, I gave it away. Uh, She she handles her and, and Isaac's infertility challenges way better than Abraham and Sarah. Uh, that, that goes way better. She also um, is, hears God's, God's plan for her, her twin sons. That, that Jacob, from birth, like that Jacob is going to be the one that, that's going to carry this blessing. Her husband is not on board with this as the, as the boys get older. And the husband is, her husband Isaac is determined to bless the, the older one, Ish, uh, Esau, instead of Jacob. And she intervenes. She intervenes. She heard what God's plan is, and she is at work bringing about God's plan. She, I, I just find Rebecca as a, as a bold, fearless woman. A, a woman who's quick to follow God's path for her life. Quick to follow God's path for her life. Decisive in following God's path for her life. Great faith, great courage. I wish that there was more in the Bible about this woman. Uh, you know, she, her face seems to shine brighter than Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I mean... Just incredible. And here she says, I will go. She says, I will go, meaning I will go now, 
I will obey immediately, obey immediately with, without delay to marry a man I've never met in faith that God is in this. She doesn't even give in to her family's pressure to slow down. She's not going to give way to fear. She's not going to freak out, what if Isaac's a punk? She, she's just going to trust that God's in it all. And, and if God's in it all, she's going to trust God with the man she's marrying and, and, and whatever it's like. Now, it is, it's really hard to bring in relationship advice from these ancient cultures and, and, and old stories. But I do want to say, when I look at relationships these days, I see a lot of fear. I see a lot of fear uh, in the process of, of moving towards, towards marriage. And I understand. I understand why there is that. I just see a lot of slow. I see a lot of careful, but, but really driven by fear, more fear than, than faith a lot of times. And, and, I, and I kind of worry about how much fear is involved in, in kind of slowing things down. And I think of people as more submitting to maybe the slower timelines, maybe instead of what God's placing in front of them. I, 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 you know, family timelines, culture timelines. We don't get to choose when God brings the people into our lives. We, we don't get, it, it does, sometimes it's just not when we would have preferred. Sooner or, or longer nearer or farther. Like, we, don't, we don't always get to, ch- get to choose the timings of God. We can choose if we reject it or if we don't act or we don't respond or whatever, but, but there, there, there's so much fear. And so it seems to me that when it comes to relationships, that hearing from God is the, in connection to relationships, is the easiest. What I mean is the easiest to get wrong. It just seems so hard to get that one right in hearing from God because there's so much of our hearts involved in that, so much risk involved, so much fear involved. And, and it seems like as, I, as I've watched people walk this journey that you know, they're trying to hear from God about things, there's, it gets jumbled with a lot of, a lot of, a lot of desires and feelings and, and fears. And, and so sometimes we just got to keep getting it back to a little bit more simple. I mean, Rebecca's story is as simple as possible. Okay, I'm looking for somebody who loves Jesus, uh, some seems like God has brought them into, into, into my life. Okay, maybe consider having some Rebecca-like courage and faith. I mean, they have free will, so do you. But I might encourage you to lean more into the faith side of things than in the fear, fear side of things, as long as they love Jesus and as long as it seems like if God might be in this. Just, just in that. Now, I'm not saying it will go well. It might be awful. I, I hope that's not your story or the case, but the enemy is at work in people's lives. I don't know if you've heard me even imply that, but there's two of you, and sometimes the enemy can get in and, and, and mess with you, you, you or mess with them and bring wreck and ruin. Like the enemy is, is at work. There, there's so many things out of your control, things that you could never predict, and, and you know their call is to follow Jesus, and your call is to follow Jesus, and you want to spur each other on to, to follow Jesus. And there, but all I'm saying is going slow and fearful at the beginning isn't helping. It's not going to help that. All we can do is we're going to follow Jesus, look for people who are following Jesus, and just try and keep spurring people on to, to follow. Years and years of, of waiting doesn't seem to be helping marriage in our generation. 
There's no safe way. Now, I, that just got really dark. I've got to figure out how to fix that for the evening so service. Otherwise, they're all going to freak out. <laughs> but we're looking for people who are resolved to love Jesus, and we want to spend our whole life helping them keep running after Jesus. That's more important than the timelines of, of how and when and how old and all that kind of stuff. Let's get back for Rebecca, to Rebecca. How did it go for Rebecca, this high-risk move? It says this in verse 62. Meanwhile, Isaac, whose home was in the Negev, had returned from Bir Lahai Roy. One evening, as he was walking and meditating in the fields, he looked up and saw the camels coming. When Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. Who is that man walking through the fields to meet us? She asked the servant, and he replied, it is my master. So Rebecca covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done, and Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother's tent, and she became his wife, and he loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. And you're like, wow, that doesn't seem so bad. Lots of risk, lots of faith. Yes, I do have a picture of this moment. Very spicy. I don't think it comes clear in the, in the Bible just how spicy this moment is, and, and how She's an elf. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know that there was elves in there. Yikes. Steamy. You can tell. You can tell. It's a, it's a good start for this marriage. Anyway, so, so at this moment, she has, she has taken a high risk, and now she, she's going to be blessed. Rebecca's going to be blessed with a... With a um, uh, entering the God-blessed life of this family. Isaac's life is going to be blessed. Uh, family of Abraham is going to be blessed. Is her marriage going to be perfect? Are they going to have problems? Yes, they're going to have problems. Are there going to be conflict? Yes. The Bible even tells us specific ones. Right? It, it's not like it's just going to be smooth because she, she took a risk on faith there. That there's still issues that are going to be needed to work through. There's going to be s- sad moments, but, but God does shine on this woman who showed extraordinary faith. And her quick and fearless yes, believing God's hidden hand of providence at work, moved her into that incredibly blessed life. Now there's three people that we've talked about today. Abraham, first of all. Abraham, he is living the God-blessed life in every way. And I'm just wondering, how does your life feel in that is there, is there things to explore there in your life? Like, okay, I don't feel like my life is blessed in every way. What's going on there? God, I would like to see more of your, your obvious blessing and favor in my life. It's, is your life blessed like Abraham's in, in, in some of those ways? Moving towards all of those ways. Or like the servant. Thinking about the servant. Do, do your prayers reflect the kind of praying that Abraham's servant was praying? Specific, bold prayers. And then testifying quickly as God's answering those prayers. And then Rebecca, choosing to have a high faith, quick obedience, fear-rejecting life, trusting God's hidden hand of providence at work. Rebecca's testimony is one of being blessed because she perceived it and she trusted God's work in her circumstances and act. Here's here's some challenges, uh, the challenge for today. Challenge, can you perceive God's hidden hand at work in your circumstances? Which way does God seem to be leading you in this moment? Can you see 
God's hidden hand almost. The, the other one is just a, a book recommendation about if you're not feeling like you're living in the blessing and the courage of God. Um, the, the book Blessing or Curse You Can Choose by Derek Prince is, to me, I put that in the top five of, of books I've ever read. It's, it's a good one. Uh, if, if you're like, oh, how do I move from here to more of that direction? Um, is there any help? I would check out that book. It, I, it's, it's helpful. But anyways, I want to have a, a time of, of prayer over prayer together here for us and and i'm going to lead us in some prayers you can decide if you want to pray those prayers or not you can decide whatever whatever you want to do they're going to be very simple um the prayers that i'm going to be proposing we pray is number one you know god bless me in every way you don't have to pray that god bless me in every way show me what i might need to repent of or deal with to move from here to being more blessed Thirdly, help me to see your hidden hand at work in my circumstances. Again, you can pray some of these or or none of them or all of them. You can pray, um, spirits of fear, get out of my life forever in the name of Jesus. And then finally, I choose to be fearless in my obedience. So I'm going to pray these. Now, these are the kinds of prayers that are generally better prayed out loud. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to shout. You don't have anything like that. But, you know, just external versus just cerebral just in your mind but i'll just kind of pray these a few different times and if you want to pray along you can pray along if not uh no big deal but let's pray together firstly and i'm praying this for myself uh, god bless me in every way god bless me in every way god bless me in every way God, bless me in every way. Show me what I might need to repent of or deal with to move from here to being more blessed. God, show me what I might need to repent of or deal with to move from here to being more blessed. God, show me what I might need to repent of or deal with to move from here to being more blessed. Help me to see your hidden hand at work in my, cir- in my circumstances. Help me to see your hidden hand of providence at work in my circumstances. God, help me to see your hidden hand of providence at work in my circumstances. Any and all spirits of fear, get out of my life forever in Jesus' name. Any and all spirits of fear, get out of my life forever in Jesus' name. Any and all spirits of fear, get out of my life forever in Jesus' name. God, I choose to be fearless in my obedience. God, I choose to be fearless in my obedience. I choose to be fearless in my obedience. Spirit of the living God, I ask for clarity as we seek to follow you. And I ask that you would pour upon us uh, bold, fearless hearts to follow with faith. That you would pour out a fearlessness over your people, those here, those in Royce, and those ever listening, that you, a fearlessness in our obedience, that quick obedience would be the mark of our lives. 
that we would run with faith and that you would help us to perceive how you're leading through your obvious words and through your hidden hand of providence. Lead us all clearly in Jesus' name. Amen.